I'm Sailor, and this is Pretty Good for a Girl, a podcast about girls who rock, girls who can hold their liquor, and girls who will arm wrestle you in a rainstorm with a lollipop. Hello, ladies. Welcome back. It was uh, it was weird having a vacation, sort of <laughs> <laughs> having a break. <laughs> it was very strange. The guys and we took a break too, so mm-hmm. I think it was like two solid weeks I didn't podcast. It was very it's very weird, odd. Right? Yeah, it was very weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got to have the Christmas holidays with my. Um, my mother and my sister and her kids for the first time in I think like 20 years or something oh my gosh yep how was it it was very stressful (laughs) (laughs) it was very stressful um my my notions of oh it'll be so nice we'll all get together I'm gonna do all the cooking was just chaos. So I'm very <laughs> glad that the holidays are oh over. The kids thought it was a blast, but um, yeah, I think my blood pressure, uh, <laughs> I might need to take care of that for a little while. <laughs> did, you, did you like? Did you like sneak any booze to the little kids? Like, were you that cool aunt? Uh, all the food contains <laughs> booze. <laughs> Actually, they. Um, I made eggnog. I make homemade, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, hand done he- eggnog. And um, both my boyfriend and my stepdad are huge eggnog fans. And the kids had never had real eggnog. And one of them was like, one of the boys was like, gross, I'm not drinking that. So mm-hmm. I said, well, I made one that was non-alcoholic and one with whiskey for the adults. And the boys were so interested. They're like, oh, I want to try it. I'm like, all right, try it. And so, of course, the oldest one was like, eh, I don't know, I don't like it. But the middle one, Kane, he's so funny. He's like, ooh, I really like that. I think he's like, in a voice oh, like that, no. he's like, I think I like whiskey. I'm like, you're 10, calm down. <laughs> oh, no. Created a monster. That's nah, all right. Don't make, if you don't make it taboo for them, I think, you know, just don't make it taboo. Make it no big deal. Like, yeah, booze yeah. is booze, whatever, you know. I know, I agree. So, I agree. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, when the time comes, they will learn how to drink properly. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> how about you guys? This was my first Florida um, holiday, so it was a lot of fun. And listeners may not know that I moved here from New Jersey in June, the very, very end of June. Uh, my family's all here and stuff. I haven't spent... Um, holiday with like my mom my dad my brother for like about three years I think maybe so it was a lot of fun to get back into it they all got to see my kid and how cool he is because he's awesome yeah he is and uh (laughs) yeah it was great a lot of fun I will admit I I got a little bit of uh behind the scenes footage from your husband of you dancing (laughs) by the pool one night are you kidding me no (laughs) <laughs> what happens okay we drink rum we get drunk and we dance this is a na- natural occurrence <laughs> one one was this is how we're doing christmas in florida and the other one was i can't remember exactly how he said it it was very gushy you know something like you know look at this woman you know I, 
you know, oh like, my. yeah, how, you know, he's, he gushes about you. It's very cute. Sorry, oh. Matt. <laughs> how about you, Carolyn? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a low key Christmas here. Um, I don't have any family here. It's just Kale's family. Um, so we were with his family Christmas. Um, I took some days off around New Year's and spent that entire weekend pretty much puking my guts out. So that was a lot of time. Uh, so that took some recovery time. But, uh, but otherwise, the holidays were okay. <laughs> I'm actually recovering from a stomach flu as well. I'm just, yeah. last night I drank on the, sh- we recorded for Metal Rock and Whiskey last night, and I had a, um, Glen Cairn of bourbon and then a little cocktail after and I was okay it wasn't great Mm -hmm. you know it was still a little like meh and so I'm drinking tonight and I I think I'm okay I think I'm I think (laughs) you know like after a selling flu you're just kind of like oh you're not sure yeah Yeah. (laughs) my first drink after those five days I I had this so far so good let's see what else I can do (laughs) yeah it was it's it was we didn't really know because my my boyfriend got it first and he um we thought, well, I mean, geez, we drank our, we drank a lot over the, <laughs> over the holidays, and we, I, I thought that's just what it was, and it was, Too much. but it was funny because on New Year's Eve I had one drink, like a tiny cocktail, and that was it. I didn't have the appetite for it, and I should have known, but it just didn't click. I just thought I was sick of drinking because we had just imbibed so much over the, you know, the holiday period. Right. And then he, so the next day he was not good, but we're assuming it's a hangover. But then the day after and the day after, and I'm like, wait a minute, something is weird <laughs> here. And he'll eat anything at any time. And nope, he didn't. Yeah. And then, then all of a sudden I, he, I th- he was good. And so he comes home from work and I'm like, yeah, I made, let's make martinis. And so I made us white rye martinis and I had two of them only and I, all I remember is saying to him, I'm really dizzy. And then I remember I'm in bed and I wake up and I run to the bathroom and I'm puking my guts out. Oh, I am not a puker. Not and it, so, again, yeah. still, I'm a dummy. The next morning, I'm like, oh, I guess I just had too much to drink. <laughs> and he's like, you had two drinks. I'm like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. you're right. And we both look at each other. We're like, stomach flu. <laughs> yeah. That Ugh. sucked. Yeah. But we're on the mend, right? We're drinking yeah. again. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, what, um, Sailor, have you ever had, and Carolyn too, just speaking of eggnog, um, uh, who makes it? Evan Williams, I think, makes this really tasty eggnog. It was so good. It was incredible. Matt brought it home once. I wish he he got it a couple more times. It was so good. Have you ever had it? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's tasty. So tasty. I used to give it as, I used to give it away as gifts, but. I don't do, um, I mean, I guess it just goes down to being a bartender, you know, being yeah. a mixologist. I don't like, you know, chemicals and preservatives and mm-hmm. all the premix stuff. I mean, sometimes it doesn't taste any different, but sometimes it does, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I would give that away as gifts all the time. Because it's funny, I still hear a lot of people say, oh, I've never had eggnog with whiskey. And I'm like, what the fuck? What do you, is there another eggnog? Like, I, I wasn't even aware there was another eggnog, I guess. Um, and I, it's funny because I, I had to look for it. I wrote an art, oh no, I've got a cocktail book coming out soon. And I wrote about the history of the eggnog, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so 
I would give people kind of as if I couldn't make it for them. But, dude, homemade egg. Oh, God, homemade eggnog. There's nothing like mm. it. It's a pain in the ass to make, but it's so worth it, I think. Do you have to get, like, pasteurized eggs and shit to no. do that? No. No. No, um, fuck it. No, I mean, I don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm honest, I don't worry about that shit. I also yeah. get cage-free, uh, pas- you know, I make sure they're free-range on pasture, all okay. that shit. And I, I, I've never, knock on wood, had a problem, but I also feel like the booze in there would take care of anything. Kill it out. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So I don't that's worry true. about that shit. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You eat a piece of romaine and you're fucking dead. I can't. <laughs> like, these yeah. days, I can't even worry about that shit, yeah. you know? <laughs> Enjoy, enjoy I'm not even talk. safe as a vegetarian anymore. I'm totally <laughs> fucked. <laughs> well, I am super excited to be back in the studio with my lovely ladies. We are missing Kayla tonight. Poor Kayla is sick. Um, doesn't sound like the stomach flu, but it sounds like something crappy. So she is at home recovering. Um, we wish her well, and we she will be back with us for our next show. Um, but I'm really excited about tonight's subject, and um, I'm, I'm excited that we'll be talking about Blondie. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies, but before we get into our discussion, what are we drinking, and did anybody make any special purchases over the holidays? Mm-mm-mm. Jenny, you go first. I am drinking rum, of course. It's called Viejo de Caldas, and it is a Colombian aged rum. And it is exactly what I needed tonight because my child drove me nuts and I feel pretty good right about now. It is delicious. So, so tell me, tell, I have questions. So especially for our listeners, I think that it is a very common that people don't realize rum is very, can be very similar to whiskey in mm-hmm. several different ways. Number one, it can be made from many different things. Um, you can do sorghum as your base for rum. You can do cane. Hopefully it's pure cane sugar. Um, but it is our last pirate spirit. I call it in the world because it is the most unregulated spirit. So I am a pirate. I know that's well, that's why I'm yes. (laughs) Um, so it's when, when it says, so, for example, you know, we talk about this on all the shows about whiskey. Um, you know, it, it's if it's if it's very, very strict. If it says bourbon, it's, you know, adhering to certain rules, a straight bourbon, the age statements, you know, all of these things. Um, rum, not so much. Um, so if you get, if you're purchasing rum, a couple things is you want to know that it's actually been made with cane sugar. You want to know that it's been aged in barrels, Um, So you have, you know, most people think of Bacardi and it's clear. Okay, so it's just like a whiskey that hasn't gone into a barrel and hasn't been aged because you get your color from the barrel. Same thing with rum, uh, hopefully, although it can be coloring added to it, Mm. Um, just like anything that's just labeled a whiskey, (laughs) just just whiskey. Uh, You don't know what that is. Um, But the variety of rum out there, true real rum is so amazing and you know if I didn't spend so much time on whiskey I would definitely spend more time on rum and more money 
Um, rum is, tends to be seen as a very cheap spirit, like vodka. That's actually not true. You're drinking crap rum if you think it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Real rum is pricey. Yep. And it tastes, you'll drink it and go, what am I, I don't even know what I'm tasting. Because it doesn't taste anything like the Bacardi's and all that bullshit out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rum you're drinking, does it have an age statement, how long it was aged? Um, it's aged three years and it's made from uh, cane molasses. Ooh, okay, cane. That was another one. You can use from, uh, yeah. from Colombia. Very Oh, yes, cool. Colombian. That's right. Columbia. I'm repping my, my feet. You're repping, you're repping your roots. Very, very nice. That, yeah. So I find it interesting, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, I, I had a friend bring back. He went to Trinidad, or maybe he wasn't somewhere close to Trinidad. I can't remember the exact where he was for work, and he was given a bottle of Angostura rum from Trinidad that was aged in bourbon barrels. Mm. and he immediately he immediately texted me and i'm like when can i come over and he's like tonight (laughs) i'm like i was there in five minutes i'm like i'm here um and we were drinking it straight just you know with a cube of ice and the two of us were like i'm so confused am i drinking bourbon (laughs) like it was very it tasted like a very sweet bourbon it was amazing there was so much woodsiness to it and he was telling me that he can taste a difference from country to country in the sweetness and the types of sugar and the it, the climate and you know where it's grown and all of that i found found that absolutely fascinating so do you notice that jenny um that you can taste the difference in the rums based on its um origin um i honestly i i can't taste it like if i taste this and say i know this is definitely colombian rum and i'll have something else to say i know this is definitely jamaican rum um, but I know some of them, they tend to be spicier, I guess, like different spices. You can kind of taste that, mm-hmm. I guess, with, um, um, especially with like Jamaican rum, I find mm-hmm. is, has a lot of spices, super delicious, really sweet though, I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. so with that, I, I wouldn't add any, cause I like to cut my rum with Coke. I hope that's not sinful, but that's okay. But like with something from like a Jamaican rum, I, I wouldn't cause it's sweet enough. It's just good enough to put, put on the rocks and and be good to go but yeah I mean super good and I've had I can't remember what it was but what um, I'm sure Matt would know who made it but we sampled a rum that was aged in like charred whiskey barrels or some Mm -hmm. some shit like that it was fantastic that was delicious there's a lot of rum producers that use much like scotch that's the same application they they will age their rum in used barrels you're gonna get the most flavor out of especially if you're only aging for three years a new barrel Mm -hmm. isn't you're not gonna it's not gonna do much just like with whiskey so i think that angostura rum was a 12 year and it had been so it was aged in a straight bourbon barrel and i found it interesting that they specifically said that so you know that that burp that that barrel uh, I would imagine the bourbon had been in there for about six to eight years, wow. you know, and then in the, and then additionally the age, the, the length that it was in, the rum was in there. Um, yeah, I, I think my only problem with rum is the sweetness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm often looking when you drink a lot of whiskey, you tend to be really shocked by the sweetness of other spirits mm-hmm. that don't have the mm-hmm. heat up front. <laughs> I think you'd feel the same way, that. Carolyn, right? That it's mm-hmm. very, Definitely. yeah, that you look for that heat and you're like, whoa, this is really, really sweet. <laughs> so I'll put like half a bottle of bitters in it and then I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's. I, I think it would be ma- fun. Maybe what we should do, um, especially with Kayla, because I kind of wish she was here tonight. I, I think I'm trying to represent her segment because she's not here. Um, yeah. Her knowledge on rum as well would be to do like a tasting of rums from different countries, and we'll we'll oh that would be fun. We'll share them with each other, and um, we should do them blind, and see mm. what we get out of them. So I think that'd be that'd be really fun. Yeah, something that would be fun. Very different. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, what about you, Carolyn? What are you drinking? Well, I had an old fashioned earlier, but I'm gonna switch it up to uh, Old Weller Antique Neat. So that is what I'm sipping on. Nice. Is that um, 2017 or 18? Oh, let's see. This bottle we got a while ago, so it might be the 2017. I don't know. <laughs> I just killed a bottle of Old Weller Antique and went to... Um, uh, here well it was probably a couple months ago i went to a bar and the bar manager was i was it was it's more like a i don't want to call it a club but they do a lot of shows there and i was surprised at their selection of spirits on the shelf very surprised at their whiskey selection because in places like that you know you just assume people are like drinking well stuff you know and yeah. and the guy was like oh well actually we all came from all these other restaurants and bars and opened this together and we all happen to love whiskey and they went and did their own they do their own barrel picks nice. um i guess they still do it for one of the restaurant groups in the city and uh he was telling me that he noticed a big difference in 2000 between 2017 and 18 in the old weller antique i did not and i was like oh oh I didn't notice that. So I'm, I've asked everybody when they talk, when they say they're drinking an Old Weller Antique now, because I'm curious if anyone else... I don't know if he was full of shit or he just has a really good palate. <laughs> <laughs> he must have a really good palate. I mean, we've I mean, we've been buying it since it was old label when we could find yeah. it. It's hard to find around here, and it's one of our favorite pours. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've managed to get a backlog of a couple of bottles now, but nice. I don't think I've opened anything that was bottled this year, so, or 18. It, yeah. yeah. So... Interesting. Interesting. I am uh, representing Scotland tonight. I am killing my bottle of uh, Glenfiddich 12 Year, their signature malt. Um, It has become my Scotch daily drinker, that and Monkey Shoulder. And uh, Monkey Shoulder just won an award for being the best selling Scotch in the country of Scotland and the world, I do believe. Um, Yeah, it was, I saw a post, I follow a lot of the ambassadors from Glenfiddich and William Grant and their products, and it's a William Grant and Sons product, and um, man, gotta tell ya, and we just had a little tiny discussion about this on Metal Rock and Whiskey recently, the negativity on Facebook versus Instagram is so acute. Mm. Really? It really is. I'm barely on Facebook anymore. Yeah. I only use it really for friends and family to keep, you know, my friends that have kids and, you know, um, especially older folks, they're on, they really are not Instagrammers. They're really, you know, the Facebookers. So um, that's really, I don't post a lot on there, but it's also, it's funny. It's become kind of your resume and your business card as well. 
Um, yeah. As I've just moved to a new city, a lot of jobs that I applied for were on Facebook. And mm-hmm. it occurred to me as I'm messaging my resume, like, oh, wait, my Facebook <laughs> is public and I'm messaging these. You know, so I had to kind of think about that. Um, but yeah, so they posted, you know, I mean, this is an international award. It was very exciting. And it was like, oh, best selling, but not best tasting. It was like, just fuck off, oh you know? Like, what the? It's not for you. It's not for you. Exactly. Jeez. Jesus. Everyone's different. Ah, oh, yep. ridiculous. Uh, there's a reason it sells. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> I can say a lot about Jack Daniels, like the regular Jack Daniels. Everybody think knows how I feel about that, but it's still nope. the best-selling American whiskey so. in the world. Um, I think that's not going to be the case soon. I really believe that, that it's going to get kicked off. I think it's going to get kicked off of its perch, but, but I'm not, you know, I think it's, it doesn't do it for me, but I'm not going to, if they win an award and one of the brand ambassadors is posting it, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, your shit sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking rude. God, people just be nice. Jesus. Amen. Ay, ay, ay. People like to hide behind their screens and shit. They don't think, they don't care. Like, be, still be so kind, rude. people. Yeah. Not be assholes. Don't be rude. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> hey, what about special purchases? I didn't get to do any this year. You didn't really either. <laughs> no, about it. Nope. Matt just got the blackened Metallica whiskey. I know that's not what it's called. I know, that motherfucker. <laughs> I know. He's supposed to be sending us samples. So oh, really? stay on him for that oh. because I sent everybody samples <laughs> of my Anthrax Knob Creek that was my birthday present. Yes. Yeah. Um, but And I still shared it with them. So <laughs> I called every liquor store in the area do you have this do you have this do you have this no 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 matt comes home from like randomly shopping with my kid he's like oh look what i found i'm like are you kidding me well that's the thing is that he said it was on the bottom shelf it had a little bit of dust on it and that's one of the things about we will see things that other people don't you know i've i've taken pictures and you know, of something that I was looking at on the shelf and I've posted on Instagram and I've had people go, Ooh, did you see the blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, shit, I didn't even see that. Like, (laughs) but we look, I always look on the bottom shelf. I shouldn't share this information because I don't want other people doing this, but there's a, yeah, there's a way that we look for things like that. But, um, I'm still having sticker shock after leaving Ohio, um, which it's been a little over a year now. I was so spoiled with my proximity to Kentucky. And ah. so I could, A, drive over a simple bridge over the river, and I was in Kentucky. And I could go to this gigantic supermarket of a liquor store called the Party Source and get pretty much anything I wanted. Um, and I was also close enough to be like, I'm going to spend Tuesday driving to the distilleries to pick up the bottles that don't make it to the stores that I want, because I can, yeah. you know? So, and they were priced reasonably. Um, yeah, so my collection has, is very sad at the moment. My drinking collection, that is. I don't collect just to collect. Yeah. Okay. Wah, wah, wah. Let's hope that changes this year! Mm. Yay, 2019! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
Let's get into this topic. of a timeline about Blondie. I made it kind of short and simple because I just want to discuss um, like our feelings about her, especially as you know when we were younger girls and now um, she's absolutely an icon. So um, let's talk about her kind of early origins. Um, Blondie the band was founded by obviously the iconic Debbie Harry and guitarist Chris Stein, who was um, her life partner for a very long time. The band is considered to be a pioneer in the new wave and punk scene in the U.S. in the 1970s. Um, the band gained popularity in the U.K. quite a while before they became big in the U.S. And I actually didn't realize that until I was doing the research that I did. Debbie Harry was born in 1945, and she was given up for adoption at three months old and had her name changed from Angela to Deborah. I wonder what it would be like if she was Angela Harry. I don't know that I would like that that much. <laughs> she yeah. grew up in New Jersey and, uh -huh. yeah, and was a waitress at the Fames Max's Kansas City as a go-go dancer and she was a former Playboy bunny. Interesting. She began her career as a backup singer for the folk rock band The Wind in the Willows. And that band toured with Iggy Pop as a support act, and some of the shows even included David Bowie on keyboards. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just, yeah, that's cool. I was just touring with Iggy Pop and David Bowie's hanging out on keys. You know, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Uh, in 1990, in 19, sorry, 1994, 1974, she joined the band, the Stilettos, and shortly after she joined, her boyfriend at the time, Chris Stein, also joined the band. Um, they were in the band for a while and made several lineup changes, and then they left the band and formed Angel and Snake, and that turned into Blondie. So the band's name comes from regular cat calls that she would receive on the streets. And I find that really interesting. I don't, she's, I, I couldn't find a lot of, I, I tried so hard and I, I could only look for so long um, to find her being interviewed about whether she decided to call it Blondie as like a fuck you or at the time it was just so normal to be catcalled and you just kind of was like whatever about it. I, I like know. to think she did it as a big old fuck you. I hope so. Yeah. I hope yeah. so. Owning it. I, I hope so. I, I think so, you know, based on what we know about her. I, I think yeah. that's probably the case. Um, one of my favorite stories about Debbie Harry is she held a tea party in 1980. And there's photos of this. You've got to Google this. She invited Susie Sue from Susie and the Banshees. Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders, the Slits guitarist Viv Albertine, and Polly Styrene from X-Ray Specs. Kate Bush was also invited, but she couldn't make it. Holy shit, what a fucking group. Oh my god. Yeah. So she said that the reason why she did this is she wanted to get together a bunch of the big punk females at the time to celebrate 
Um, Kate Bush had just become the first female solo performer to reach number one on her own in the British charts, the non-pop charts, of course. Um, and she said that she felt like women were often pitted against each other. They were often asked about each other in, um, in very, uh, rival, you know, as a rival instead of, you know, do you, you know, how do you feel about this person? Whatever it was. I think it was expected that the women would be rivaling each other. Like there couldn't be more than one woman at the top. I don't know if that's changed much. So that was kind of her way um, to, I think, extinguinate that or, um, I don't know, create relationships so that it was clear that she wasn't interested in that. And I really respected her for that. Um, of course, Blondie went on to have uh, huge hits uh, starting in 1979 from Eat to the Beat um, with songs like Dreaming and Atomic and just went on album after album after album to be hit factories. Um, although their music was seen to be strange, it was seen to be odd, um, and they felt that they were very punk, which I would definitely agree with that, until they get a little bit pop, in my opinion. Um, but I guess these days we would call it alternative pop. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do remember for myself being, um, gosh, I must have been six or seven years old, and... Um, when did the Tide is High come out? Uh, 1980. So I was seven. Um, I remember being in the roller skating rink. And I don't think I had heard or been aware of her music before that. Um, but the Tide is High was a massive, massive radio hit. So much so that um, Chris Stein talked about in an interview. It's so funny. Uh, that he'd be walking down the street after that album came out. People would stop on the street and be like fuck you asshole what the hell is this reggae stupid song and like were they were like pissed off like genuinely angry at him because they felt their fa earlier fans felt they had sold out and made some reggae wow. pop radio hit or something i just think it's hilarious but that's how i got turned on to them and i remember uh -huh. roller skating to the song and just being like oh my god i love the song and I, you know, got the 45 record at the time. I had a little, one of those little suitcase um, record players that played only 45. 45? What's that? Those little tiny records, I'm you know. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> they were singles. They were singles. They it's only. <laughs> no, right? It was a vinyl. Yeah, for those of you that are young, <laughs> Jesus. Now that I'm feel like a grandma um they were how you would release a single it would be on a very small record it could fit on a regular size record player um and it would have the the single song you know that hopefully was a hit and then a b-side to it and sometimes both of those songs were hits um but i to be honest with you i don't remember what was on the other side of the tide is high but i remember playing it over and over and over and finally my mom came in my room this happened a lot in my life and she's like turn that <laughs> listening to the same song over and over and over <laughs> oh my god i'm like sorry jeez. thank god for the tape decks because then you could plug in your headphones and your mother didn't have to hear your shit um so a couple of a couple of quotes that i really liked from blondie um she says, uh, this is a recent quote, nowadays the girls have proven themselves as entertainers, musicians, and writers. There are so many great female artists. 
Now it's become standard. It's no longer a boys club. Times do change, but we still have a lot of work to do. I totally agree Love with that, that sentiment. Um, you know, someone that's been in the business for as long as she has, since the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And then another quote that I really liked, um, she said, I think Miley Cyrus probably started out with very, very young, with a very, very young audience, and she was an easy pill to swallow. Then suddenly she became this completely sexual being and unsettled a lot of people. But these women are strong and ambitious. They have something to say. They're willing to challenge conformity. They'll learn what I had to learn, that you need to risk some sort of emotional exposure and embarrassment if you put yourself on the line. Again, I would agree. I think that's a hell of a statement to make. Yeah. So... What are your guys' like memories? Um, I don't know if you were into Blondie or knew of Debbie Harry or Blondie when you were kind of young and forming your musical tastes, and how do you feel about her now? Definitely knew of of Blondie and Debbie Harry. I don't remember having a like a like a fan girl kind of a thing. I just kind of I just knew the songs like oh yeah, Tight is High. I know that mm-hmm. one. You know all these good jams. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, total badass, gorgeous, and most importantly, intelligent. And I think that of those times, she showed people like you can be this strong sex symbol, and you can be a badass chick, and most importantly, you can be intelligent. I've seen a bunch of interviews preparing um, for our um, show tonight with Debbie Harry, and every word out of her mouth, you just I'm just looking at her like, damn, this girl, like, she knows what's going on. She is smart as F. And, oh, I can curse. She's smart as fuck. And, like, <laughs> so I lo- love her. And, I mean, I was listening to her songs. I put on Spotify, burnt, set it to Blondie. And I, I, I could listen. And I did listen. Like, my whole, like, work day, I stuck my earbuds in and that was it. And you don't get sick of the music because everything is so different. One song does not sound like the next it's just a complete huge um delightful little clusterfuck of the ear like you just hear all sorts of stuff and it's it's awesome and her voice is is different and it's not the same kind of cookie cutter thing that you're used to hearing and uh it's refreshing great good her voice is very very unique very unique and there's i watched some program on the study of her voice um, I like to watch a lot of these science programs about things like that, and it was really interesting what they were saying about the uniqueness of her voice. And yeah, they're very eclectic, and I think they were a little ahead of their time in that, that being eclectic, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a good thing for a long time when they were doing it, you know. Um, and I didn't really see her when I was that young as a moniker for feminism or girl power. I didn't get it. I don't, I I mean, I was a little too young to pay attention to that stuff Mm -hmm. or not as advanced because I guess some girls are aware of that at very young ages. Um, It wasn't until I got into metal, you know, and I was like listening to some hardcore punk and I found the earlier albums that were more punk. And yeah. I was like, oh, crap, Definitely. it's the same lady who does the Tide is High. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, yes. like my head was like, mm-hmm. mind blown. And then I, I took a look at her from a teenage standpoint. It went, oh, damn, she's badass. Like, she always seemed to be in control. She didn't mm-hmm. seem like she was selling herself on sex, but she was very sexy. You know, that yeah. was for sure. But it seemed like she was doing that. And I hate to use this cliche. I'm... I, wish I could think of a better word or, or term 
she was she was empowered in her sexuality. I know that sounds so cheesy and so poster board, but I, I don't know how else to express what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I, she was just a badass, you know, but also feminine and yeah. and um, sexy. And I've, I have always struggled with that, the, the balance of being feminine but being tough mm-hmm. and strong and, you know, it, it's very hard to lose that. So I think I've always admired that about her. Yeah, she almost did it effortlessly. Yeah, it seems like she does. Yeah, I'm sure it's not, but it seems that yeah. way. <laughs> Maybe not. There's a lot of confidence there. Lots of, this is what we do. This is what we're doing. We're changing it up every album. And, you know, I'm a girl kicking ass on stage. So take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I don't have a lot of personal history with Blondie. I, a little before my time, sorry. <laughs> But I remember singing along to Heart of Glass as best I could in the car and her high-pitched little voice, and that's hard to do. She She's one of a kind, that's for sure. Oh, totally. I think that it's funny because when we talked about, you know, what we were going to cover on the show and what the basis of this show is and, you know, really the I was inspired to do this um, because I do metal, rock, and whiskey – and um, to this day, we are we are nearing our one year anniversary. We have been recording for over a year, but our release of a show has not happened yet. We still have not had a female artist that we have covered. We covered huh. we covered Heart. <laughs> Um, that, but that never aired. It right? didn't. It, it didn't. Like it didn't air because we got drunk and fucked it up. Um, no, but. <laughs> Yeah, so um, the Riot Girl movement was very, very important to me. And before we went into that, I, I, you know, said to you girls, like, let's go back before that. Because the the bands and the women that were in the Riot Girl movement were inspired by people like Blondie. And, you know, we're going to cover the Runaways, of course. The women who were in the Runaways, crazy talented, and their story is very important um, not only just to music history, but also women in music, for sure. Um, and Debbie Harry has a place in that, you know, early 70s or mid-70s. And you have this woman that's like, fuck it, this is who I am. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leading this band and this is, this is me. And I sound weird and I'm doing weird things and I'm dressing up weird. And, you know, basically, fuck you, take it or leave it. <laughs> and I love yeah, that. Exactly, exactly. Um, so her place in music history is, is very important, and that's why we decided um, to discuss her. And um, it, it's funny because there was, you know, a long period where I didn't list, I didn't want to hear songs like Heart of Glass and The Tide is High, and I was like, oh, this, stuff, this is just garbage. You know, mm-hmm. this is just garbage radio music I used to listen to. And... Um, <laughs> I think it was like the early 2000s. Um, I was in a karaoke bar, of course, Uh and it was a very limited selection. It was a weird place. I was somewhere in New England. It could have been Rhode Island, and it was some really creepy dive bar. And I was looking through the selection, and I'm like, oh, Heart of Glass. And then I thought about (laughs) it, like, to sing it, and I was like, wait a minute. Dude, that's a... 
I don't know if I could sing that song. Like, that's a really difficult. And I'm like in the bathroom humming it to myself. I'm like, yeah, there's no way. I'm just going to go for like Bon Jovi's so Living on a Prayer or something. Bon you basically just have to screech the whole time to try to sound like. <laughs> or that, that, I know how she does that little, like. That little, like, whispery singing. Yeah, voice. it's that yeah. whispery falsetto, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I I mean, I couldn't take myself seriously if I did it. Yeah. Um, but they were talking about that on that show that I watched, that documentary, and then she does this growling thing as well, which, and and the, the scientist being interviewed, he was like, you know, it's not typical to be able to do this falsetto and then this growling that she does in some songs too, like in one way or another. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was really, and it just gave me a new, I went back and listened again and, um, it just gave me a new appreciation, uh, and then preparing for the show, um, I came up with a little list of my favorite Blondie songs. I don't know if you guys know your favorite songs. Um, so from Eat to the So Eat to the Beat is such a great album, and it's not an album that I think a lot of people are familiar with. Um, so it's from 1979. So this is way before. Uh, Heart of Glass and Tide is High. It's got songs like Dreaming and Atomic on it, which are two of my favorite songs. And they're two very different songs. Um, And then Parallel Lines, I absolutely love. You've got Mm -hmm. Hanging on the Telephone is probably one of my favorite Blondie songs. One of my favorite songs from that period from the late 70s. Um, Remember back in the day when there were answering machines? Yes. So when yeah. I when I moved down oh, on, no. on oh, my no. own, oh, no. and I had my own answering machine, well, I think it was everybody at the time I was in college, and it was like, everybody would try to think of the coolest yeah. message, remember, to put on their answering oh, machine, yeah. and um, so at first, we had some, like, I, fe- I don't know where we heard it, on the radio or something, like, some rap guy had done some like you know leave a message blah 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 we thought it was you know i put that on and then um we were watching um home alone over christmas the first one and we had definitely been drinking and probably doing some other things and i was with my girlfriends and the scene where kevin puts the spider on marv's face and he the tarantula and he has this high-pitched Ah, do you remember that? Like that oh is this yeah. high pitched girly sure. scream? I mean, I died like D E D dead. So we put that on the answer machine, just the scream. Oh and of course, God. like we're dying laughing. That we're like, I'm like, I was like, you have to, you know, we had to rewind the tape, the VHS tape. Okay, play, and then you had to press record on the answering yeah. machine and put it close enough to the speaker, and it was this oh whole thing. And so my grandmother calls. I probably had it for about a week. Oh, God. You know, and we're hysterical. We're waiting for somebody to call. Like, please hurry up. Somebody call us so we can't answer it. And we can hear the, <laughs> ah! you know. And my grandmother, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what's <laughs> happening over there? Are you all right? Are you dead? Is Are people dying? I'm going to call the police. You better answer the phone. I'm going to call the police. And I actually wasn't home. And so by the time. I called her immediately. I'm like, I'm fine. It was just a joke. It just, I don't get it off of there. I don't understand why you would think that's funny. I'm like, it's hilarious. I don't get it. I don't like it. Okay, fine. Wait, what is that accent? What are you? <laughs> My grandmother's a New York accent. <laughs> her queens. 
Astoria, to be exact. Okay, okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> she was. I'm. She was so irate. So I changed it to "Hanging on the Telephone" from Blondie. Oh, that's that's good. I like it. Yeah, I was just like going through like my my suitcase of tapes. Like, what can mm. what music can I put on there and hanging on the telephone? I was like, of course. So yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed not to scare your grandma. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's from Parallel Lines in 1978. And One Way or Another is also from the same album, from Parallel Lines in 78. And then Heart of Glass is from mm. the same album. So a lot of hits on um, Parallel wow. Lines. And then Call Me, another huge oh, hit for my them. my God, such a good one. You know, I wonder if that was on the B side of the Tide is High. Very possible. Um, oh no, two different albums. It wouldn't have been same year, two different. No, no. Call Me is from American Gigolo. That's 1980. Tide is High is from Auto American 1980. And Rapture. Rapture. Everybody knows Rapture. That's from 1980 yeah. as well. Auto American. Um, and again, she was a pioneer, you know, kind of in doing. She wasn't the first one, but, you know, to the first one to have a, hit that big and yeah. rap in it and do sampling. Um, Sugar Hill Gang and all of that. So, yeah, those are some of my favorites. Definitely. <clears throat> she was also a style icon. Oh, yeah. Um, she was buddies with Warhol, and she was said to be a huge inspiration for Andy Warhol, which I can absolutely see. I mean, mm-hmm. the bone structure on her is ridiculous. Oh, my God, those cheekbones. I know. Jesus. So, yeah, so she's, I think she's an excellent start to the vision that we have for, um, you know, creating a trajectory for the discussions that we will have about not just women in music um, and women in rock, but just women in male-dominated industries, which is kind mm-hmm. of the point of our discussions. And I I definitely would, qual- would this she would be a qualifier for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sailor, I agree with you. Even the... Um... You hear, like, Bikini Kill, you can hear the influences that she had and, and oh, yeah. her style just echoing through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect perfect start for a pretty good for a girl. And, you know, when we had um, the all the girls from bands Chrissy and Lauren and Sasha for When Particles mm-hmm. Collide, we talked about, and, and I had this experience uh, myself, um, you know, getting into clubs and, you know, saying oh i'm i'm with the band you know oh yeah yeah sure no i'm actually in the fucking band like the band mm-hmm. that's getting paid to entertain the crowd tonight cannot go on without me <laughs> you know and she expressed the same difficulties the yeah. same things um she also talked about having difficulty getting paid in the early days so it would always have to be the guys the men in the bands would have to go to the show promoter or the club owner and say, okay, we're done playing. Give me my money now. Because if they found if she went to do it, they would get less money or they, they would try to renegotiate with her, fuck them over. So it had to be the guys that collected the money. I mean, fuck, what a bunch of bullshit, but yeah, Mm -hmm. that, that, that was a reality of the time for sure. Please let's listen to a few clips from our, favorite blondie songs while we take a break so sailor doesn't as usual pee her pants (laughs) (laughs) okay 
about you ladies and your favorite songs? Now that we're back and I didn't hear my pants. <sighs> Thank you for that. <laughs> so one of my favorites, and it was one of those um, where I didn't know, like, oh, shit, that's Blondie, just like what you said, like, oh, wow, yeah, is uh, Maria. <laughs> uh, I And the way I heard it, inside scoop, was at the Whiskey Obsessor has this on his iPod shuffle. <laughs> what? Are you serious? <laughs> that's great. I'm telling the world. Yes, that's amazing. (laughs) Maria, you gotta see ya. (laughs) Of all Blondie songs, that's fucking amazing. So that's why I love that song so much. Because I remember like, oh, this is so great. Like, you have this? Blondie, there was a lot of epiphanies at that time at one. So, yeah. But yeah, that's one of my favorites. Rapture, um, Sunday Girl. Good one. Yeah. Um, one way or another, of course. I, I don't know if I, I think maybe it was another recording. I don't remember. But I, I remember, like, when I was in a band, I, I did lead vocals for um, a band way back in the day. And I remember saying, you know, it was me and a bunch of dudes. And I'm like, I don't want to do all these, like, standard, you know, chick band songs. And I completely took one way or another off the table. Because I'm like, everyone with the girl, the singer does this song and now I'm just like pissed because I wish I would have done that song because it's so badass I don't, I don't know why it's stupid stupid thinking bad past Jenny bad <laughs> but uh yeah that's, <laughs> that's another one of my faves and um tie to tie of course rapture Everything. you know I mean one you know, song they're all freaking sick you know what one way or another is about did you read that what it's about she like stalked or something it was about a stalker she was yeah. we mentioned she was a waitress um she was a waitress at a diner first and then at max's um i don't know which place it was but yeah there was a dude that stalked shit out of her um that would come into whichever diner it was that she was working at and um try to follow her home and you know all this shit and that's what that song is about mm-hmm. and i mean yeah. it's funny because i think i mean myself i had the idea that it was about her stalking a guy she liked. Mm-hmm. You know, talk yeah. about talk about bias, instant bias. That's <laughs> <laughs> totally not what it's about at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are your faves, Carolyn? Uh, mine, honestly, are all any that just made the top of the charts, honestly. Because, um, you know, like I said, they were a little before my time. So mm-hmm. any that I'd heard, you know, on the radio over and over again, like Heart of Glass and One Way or Another... And eat to the beat, you know. Um, definitely sing along to a lot of those in the car or the yeah. shower. <laughs> yeah, <So>. yeah. <laughs> I heard that, um, or I read somewhere that um, "Heart of Glass" is like there's a charts for karaoke songs because I guess it's all digital now. Usually the, mm-hmm. um, and I know you can you can just pull it off the wet. Like I've done it. My boyfriend and I have done it. <laughs> Late at night, drunken nights. We pull up karaoke on. I mean, the karaoke. (laughs) We pulled up karaoke on. You can just pull it up on the computer, you know. What'd you pull up? The karaoke. Um, And there's there's charts for it, and Heart of Glass was like really high up on the charts for like 10 years or something ridiculous. And I'm like, what kind of fucking fools are out there trying to sing Heart of Glass? Like, 
I mean, I doubt the majority yeah. can actually do that song properly. You know? yeah. Oh my god! But you tell me if you're not like shit faced at a bar and you put on Heart of Glass, you're not gonna like sing your ass off on that. I should hope so, but I mean, of course, I'm imagining. Bust it out! Bust it out! <laughs> I'm imagining like. Um, it's just because I lived in San Francisco in the 90s and uh-huh. karaoke was really new at the time. And it was uh-huh. um, Asian bars, sushi bars, like Japanese bars or sushi bars. And they were the ones that had karaoke. And so that is, was my first introduction to it. It was all these old, drunk Japanese businessmen <laughs> singing American songs in specific. There were a lot of Elvis songs. There was a lot of country. They're very, very into American country. Um, wow. Hound Dog was, oh boy. No. You haven't lived life until you've seen a 60-year-old Japanese businessman drunk in a sushi bar singing You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so I, ima- I, th- I imagine in my head... You know, thousands of 60-year-old Japanese drunk businessmen singing Heart of Glass and Sushi Bars. I'm probably wrong, but that's where my mind goes when I see, read things like that. Oh, my God. Please. Yeah. For our listeners, if you have footage of a bunch of old Japanese guys singing Heart of Glass karaoke, please send it to us. (laughs) I'd love to see it. Out there, <laughs> it's definitely out there, all it's over the place. There. Out there, um, hey, did an egg find like the the freaking sh- chef from Sesame Street or, or oh something? no, Muppets. from the Muppets, like, like hard rock? the Swedish <laughs> chef? Yes, yeah, the Swedish chef. <laughs> it came to us. Who knows? So, um, so speaking of that. Um, would you guys like to know, like, the top karaoke songs for 2018? Of course. Why not? Really? Just with it. Okay, you, I, I, this list surprised me. So, number one, Purple Rain, which, that I get. Because, mm-hmm. when did we lose Prince? Was it 2017 or 16? 17. Yeah. So, okay, that makes sense, I'm assuming. Number two is Like a Prayer by Madonna. I find that very, A, that's not an easy song to do, but, okay, random. Number three, Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. (laughs) Once again, not an easy song to actually sing well, but I can understand why. Number four, this list just shocks me, Private Eyes by Hall & Oates. What? I just want to say, I Is hope... Is there, like, a senior citizen bar? <laughs> oh! Whoa! <laughs> Calm down there, Carolyn. Calm down! How dare you! <laughs> That's from the goddamn 80s, okay? <laughs> okay, I take it back. <laughs> I, I, just, I just hope there's a lot of clapping involved. When you do, to, to the younger listeners out there... If you're doing private eyes and karaoke, I expect clapping. Like, private eyes, they're watching you. Okay? You have to have the clapping. You know what I'm talking about, Jenny, right? Okay. This is very important. It was synthesized clapping in the song, but nonetheless, you must do the clapping. You have to. All right, number five, 
I want it that way by the Backstreet Boys. Yes, yes, I agree with that one. I hope they're doing the dance moves. God. Number six, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. What the fuck? Sorry, I know, but... uh, All right. I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. Like, Um, okay. I will. I will. It's along the lines of what I think people would do. Fun, upbeat. Yes, it should be for sure. Yeah. Uh, I will admit, I did um, sing "I Want to Dance with Somebody" with a friend in New Orleans, 2017, or no, maybe it was 2018. 2018, I guess. Um, for, For friends, they got married in New Orleans, and we all went down for a week. And there's, I can't remember that karaoke bar that like. It's famous. It has like it. It um. What's the word I'm looking for? You can watch the footage online. Oh wow! Of everybody doing karaoke, and it's open 24 hours, of course. Um. All right. Number eight is the Love Shack by the B52s. That's a good karaoke song. Especially, especially if you're, if you're not as drunk yet, and you have several people to do all the different parts of it. Yeah. You're gonna kill it, man. You're gonna kill it. You gotta be organized for that, though. I'm getting a little like excited to do karaoke right now. <laughs> Number nine is "Fuck You" by CeeLo Green, which I'm surprised that's still a thing. I was gonna I know. right. I thought that song had its time. It, 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 that's what I thought. I thought it was like a time capsule. It's over and done yeah, with. What's done. that from? Like never returning to 2005 it. or something? Like yeah, random. Right. That sounds right. Um, Kelly Clarkson, "Since You've Been Gone." I mean, it's a girl. Like a it's an angry girl like anthem. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Breakup anthem. I mean, all right. Um, "Stand by Me" by Ben E. King. Really, people are still singing "Stand by Me." Okay. And then here's the strangest of them all. Do you guys even know who Kate Bush is? Yes. Okay. Wuthering. Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. What? Wait, I know the book. <laughs> I don't know Kate Bush. <laughs> okay. Kate Bush, lover, weirdo. Avant-garde. I shouldn't say weirdo. She's weird. I think weird is a good word. <laughs> I but love avant-garde. Weird. I love She's, avant-garde. Yeah. But, but for karaoke? Uh, that's uh, so weird. I so much. Okay. All right. Next one is Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Uh, snooze fest. Really? And that song's like 18 minutes long. Fuck off. I'm going to come up there. I'm going to punch you in the fucking face if you do that goddamn song in karaoke when I'm there. It's too long. Get up, do your song, get out. Punch in the face. Um, Hey Jude by the Beatles. Hey Jude. Really? Oh, God. When you're wasted, come on. There are better ones. There are better ones. Agreed. Um, All right. 15 is... Must be on the list every year. Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. I think I mentioned yeah. that. Like, of course. Of Even course. any Bon Jovi song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette? Really? Again, we're still singing Somebody that song? angry and pissed off at the bar. I think someone this just... It's a fun song to sing when you're mad. But I, that's yeah. a... And I think... I do love that song, I feel though. like there's... Not for karaoke. There's girls out there that just want to be able to say, would she go down on you in a theater? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who she wrote that song about? David Coulier! <laughs> Dude, they're Canadian. It's different over there. 
Wait, what was? Wait, what was? He was Uncle Who. What was his fucking name on Full House? Wasn't it? Wait, no, it wasn't Uncle Jesse. That was that. No, don't ever confuse Uncle Jesse with anybody. Cut it out. (laughs) I don't know, Uncle. Steve. I don't know. Steve, Uncle Steve. I don't know. That sounds weird. It does sound weird. Steve. <laughs> but whatever. Who the fuck is that tore up about losing David Gou- What's his name? <laughs> Gouliet. What the fuck ever his name is? Uncle whoever from... <laughs> See? That's how memorable he is. Uncle whoever. <laughs> All right. He rocked world, so... Apparently. Apparently. And he likes blowjobs in movie theaters. Or, sorry, theaters. Theaters. <laughs> Um, all right, 18 is Lean on Me by Bill Withers. Meh. Uh, eh. Snooze. Snooze there. Yeah. 19 is This is a Good One, but it's a partner song. Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John and Kiki D. Ooh, Kiki D. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember? Have you? Okay. I want you guys to Google the video to that. No. You have to look at their outfits. You have oh, to man. do it. I have, I'll have, can I do it like now? Do it now. <laughs> You have to look. Do it now while I'm telling you the next ones. It is the best thing you've ever seen in your life. I'm just gonna say, train conductor and clown. Those were the fashionable looks you were trying to achieve. Well, isn't a long line in '76? When I was when I was down, I was your clown. That's the lyric. Just saying. Touche. Oh my god. See. Uh, can so you can you please can someone please describe to the listeners what we are looking at here? Um, <laughs> Kiki D looks like she's about to like go to Sherman Williams and paint a room. <laughs> See, I, I feel like it's I feel like it's also train conductor esque. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Elton John, can we please describe what he looks like? I mean, it's Elton, so you can only imagine the beautiful. <laughs> shoulder pads for days oh the shoulder pads (laughs) he could carry many children on those shoulders like stack like eight of them on there (laughs) a piece yeah i'm so glad but that's 1976 man that was the killer look Mm -hmm. um all right the next one is faith by george michael okay i mean i get it um 21 this one really surprised me the Real Slim Shady by Eminem. What the fuck? <laughs> a lot of white Do I know all the words? Yes. I'm Do not. This karaoke? doesn't surprise yeah. me. <laughs> no. Um, no. Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. Of Okay. I get it. Okay. Um, son of a Preacher Man. Jesus. I mean, can we please hang up this song? We've been doing this song since karaoke became for non-Japanese businessmen. I mean, um, yeah, and the, the the list goes on for a very long time, but there's there, a lot of the songs I'm surprised at. Here's the one of the one that I was most surprised by. I think we're alone now by Tiffany. You guys probably don't even know who the fuck that is. I know who Tiffany is. But I've never heard that song. That was her hit song. That was the song that gave her her hit when she was a mall singer. Remember? I don't know. Of course, you don't remember. In the eighties, it was a thing to yeah. You would go tour in malls, 
And she, this was her big breakout hit. I think we're alone now. God help me. And that's, we're going to just end there because it's just getting extra weird. So. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't I know agree. how we got off on this tangent, but anyway. Because yeah. <laughs> Heart of Glass. Well, <laughs> Heart of Glass was number five in that list. I think that was the yeah, point. That's it. Just to bring it back around. We had to. We had to do it. <laughs> I got some great ideas next time I go uh, karaokeing, though. Yeah. Not that I, not that I go, because I, I don't. I think you but... should record it next time you do it. You can do living room karaoke. <laughs> I want to see your bedroom karaoke, Sailor. What's that about? It's not bedroom. <laughs> I did not say bedroom. You guys put that in there. I did not say bedroom. Living room. Excuse me. Oh, uh... oh living room. Even better. <laughs> Ouch. Hey, <Okay>, now. <laughs> Couch so, karaoke. Uh, fun, fun story we were talking about karaoke. My in-laws bought my son a karaoke uh, microphone that had like the speaker and stuff built into the bottom one Christmas. And he used it to make fart noises. Yes! Yeah. Yes! Amplified That's, fart of course. noises that just <laughs> echo through the whole house. That's the only yeah. time he ever used it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That reminds me. I think I told this story the early days on metal rock and whiskey um your kid is like that's my dude so i was given a tape recorder or i think i probably took it just kind of took it over from my stepdad uh 1981 my sister wasn't even a year old yet and i just thought it was so fun to record things it was just and i thought it would be hysterical to like hide it in the living room and record my mom saying nothing important and play right. it back and be like ah, listen mama and then I got more experience with it and a little more advanced I used to record my stepdad snoring and you know all kinds of stuff and then I was experimenting and like recording my own stuff and my friend Jennifer came over and we would do this thing where we would drink an entire two liter of Dr. Pepper really fast and inhale as much air oh. as we could because we were trying to train ourselves to do the abc's burping Yo, so we're recording it it was right it was totally a thing school, yeah. yes so but oh, i God. had the forethought to record it so we could track our progress so wow. she'd come over the next weekend and i'd be like okay this is how long we were able to do it last week and we'd listen to it and like study it okay okay we can do better and we'd giggle and laugh so my mother finds the tape one day and i used to call my mother the fbi <clears throat> because she would, um, I'd come home from school and she'd be like, I'd had to like submit to almost a strip search. You know, what's in your purse? What are you, are you doing drugs? You're doing drugs. Because <clears throat> I liked metal music. That was really her only reason. Yeah. And she'd like go through my room. So I was an expert at hiding shit. And so one day I come home from school and she's sitting at the dining room table and she has the tape recorder in front of her and she's just sitting there and she's like, please come in here and have a seat. Oh, shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm imagining that was I cursing on the tape like I couldn't think of what incriminating evidence could be on the tape however I did used to get um share metal tapes with friends and hide them in I would pay my friends like give me your Debbie Gibson tape cover mm -hmm. or your boy George or whatever the fuck it was so I could hide my metal tapes in there so I could put them on the shelf and she wouldn't know and I'm thinking is she really gonna go through all my tapes and listen to them no so she's like, she presses play, and it's us burping. 
Oh. <laughs> it's like an hour of us burping. Of course, over an entire month, you know? Yeah. And she's like, this is music? <laughs> so she thought it was a music tape? I <laughs> almost fucking died. She's like, I don't understand. What is wrong with you? You're sick. There's something wrong with you. I'm like, I couldn't help it. I couldn't hold it together. I was... First of all, in shock that she went, this is music. And then I was like, I'm going to get in trouble for burping and recording it. Like, I don't understand what's happening. And I just lost my shit. And the more I laughed, the more she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm calling a therapist. And I just laughed even harder. Like, I couldn't. Because then I just started imagining I'm in a therapist's office. Yes. So um, you're So what is this music you're making? Well, let's see. <laughs> it's called oh Ode to Dr. God. Pepper. <laughs> So if someone had given me a karaoke machine at that age, I would have done probably the same exact thing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, That's amazing. Lovely. All right. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since I'm about to fall out of my chair anyway, let's shut this shit down. Um, let's share where stalkers and creepers can find us. Jenny? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at, um, rumderwoman247. Sayla? You can find me as Sailor Retro on all the internets. And you can find me on Instagram at Salkaholic. And you can follow this podcast on the Metal, Rock, and Whiskey Instagram and Facebook groups. And please, please hit the subscribe button. It would mean so very much to us. And we also have our own Instagram now, too. Thank you to the lovely Salkaholic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good for a girl. Follow us. Look at our stuff. Talk to us. Send us messages. No dick pics. We'll find your grandmothers. all right so shout outs to the boys at metal rock and whiskey and all of our listeners get your air guitars ready it's time to riff the fuck out of here yeah and fuck you sharon